RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, the government COVID advisor says masks and other anti-epidemic measures could be scrapped within weeks. The housing minister says the government has already earmarked all the land it needs to build the 30,000 light public flats touted in the policy address. And in sports, the Philadelphia Eagles will face the Kansas City Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl. Government COVID adviser Ivan Hong says he expects Hong Kong to gradually drop its remaining anti-epidemic measures such as the mask mandate and compulsory rapid tests for school kids in a matter of weeks. From today, people confirmed with COVID-19 no longer have to report their cases to the authorities or isolate themselves as the SAR starts treating COVID like other respiratory illnesses. Professor Hung says the policy shift is highly unlikely to lead to a mass outbreak. Basically, we are now treating COVID as just one of the upper respiratory tract infections, just like influenza or, you know, other peri-influenza infections. And we are now transiting from the pandemic now to an endemic phase. The mask mandate will also be scrapped, possibly in a few weeks' time, and we're basically moving back to a normal state. A family doctor, Lam Wing Wall, says he's expecting more COVID patients to seek medical help from private practitioners as they're no longer required to isolate from today. He says he believes the private sector may have to handle about a 1,000 cases a day, given that public clinics and hospitals can cater for about 2,000 patients. Dr Lam said he understands some private doctors have declined to see COVID patients due to old age, family reasons and busy schedules, and he hopes patients can understand their situation. He also said an increasing number of doctors are asking how they can get hold of antiviral drugs being dished out by the government. Meanwhile, the hospital authority says it's strengthened outpatient services so it can take care of COVID-19 patients now that designated clinics and teleconsultation have ceased operation. The authority's chief manager for primary and community services, Dr Tony Ha, said general outpatient clinics are setting aside 2,000 of the total daily quota of 10,000 for COVID patients. Speaking on the day the lifting of isolation orders comes into effect, he said he believes the quota will be sufficient, adding it can be adjusted according to demand. Housing Secretary Winnie Ho says the government has already found all the land needed to build the 30,000 light public flats announced in the last policy address. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Ms Ho said altogether there are eight plots. Three of them are in urban areas and three are in well-developed new towns. She was asked if the rent for more remote projects could be set at a lower level. For light public housing in the new territories, the cheapest rent may be set at around $780 for the smallest units and up to $1,800 for a larger flat for a four to five people household. It's already cheaper than those in urban areas. People will get to choose. If they want cheaper rent, they may consider looking for flats in the new territories. Turning overseas, Ukraine's second biggest city, Kharkiv, has come under late-night attack after a day of intensified bombardment in the south and east of the country by Russian forces. Local officials in Kharkiv said one civilian was killed when a missile struck a residential building. This woman told reporters what happened. I was in my bed and I was thinking, 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 and then suddenly a strong force swept me up. I flew out of bed right into the kitchen. How I was not killed, I do not know. 
Yesterday, repeated shelling of the southern city of Kherson left at least three people dead. President Volodymyr Zelensky says Russia is stepping up its attacks in the Donetsk region and he condemned the strikes on Kherson. The Russian army has been shelling Kherson atrociously all day. Residential buildings, various social and transport facilities, including a hospital, post office and bus station, have been damaged. Two women, nurses, were wounded in the hospital. As of now, there are reports of six wounded and three dead. My condolences to all those who've lost loved ones to Russian terror. Britain's former Prime Minister Boris Johnson says Vladimir Putin personally threatened him with a missile strike in the run-up to Russia's war in Ukraine. Mr Johnson was speaking as part of a new documentary series about Mr Putin's leadership. Here's the BBC's James Landale. A year ago, Boris Johnson flew to Kyiv to offer Ukraine his support. On his return, he spoke to Vladimir Putin on the phone. It was, Mr Johnson said, a very long and most extraordinary call. You know, he, he sort of, he threatened me at one point and said, you know, uh, Boris, I don't want to hurt you, but uh, with a missile it would only take a minute or something like that, you know, you know jolly. Mr Johnson said Mr Putin made the threat in a relaxed tone with an air of detachment, as though the Russian leader was playing along with his attempt to negotiate. No reference to the exchange appeared in accounts of the call given by both Downing Street and the Kremlin. The Turkish president Recep Tayyip Erdogan has said Ankara may allow Finland to join NATO without accepting Sweden's bid. The Nordic countries applied jointly to become members of the military alliance after Russia began its war in Ukraine. As a NATO member, Turkey can veto applications to join. Mr Erdogan is angry at Sweden's refusal to extradite suspected Kurdish militants and at the recent burning of a Koran by far-right Swedish groups. If there is a need, we can give a different message about Finland. And when we give this message, Sweden will be shocked. But only if Finland does not make the same mistake. The Israeli cabinet is promising tough action against the families of Palestinians who attack its citizens. There's been a recent increase in violence, including the shooting dead of seven Jewish settlers outside a synagogue in occupied East Jerusalem on Friday. Israel plans to demolish the family home of the gunman who was killed after the assault. The cabinet also wants to revoke the Jerusalem residency rights of the relatives of Palestinian attackers. Benjamin Netanyahu is the prime minister. We're not seeking an escalation, but are prepared for any possibility. Our answer to terror is a firm hand and a powerful, fast and precise reaction. Brazilian police say one of Rio de Janeiro's most violent and dangerous drug lords has escaped from prison, along with two accomplices. The authorities are investigating whether or not prison guards were involved. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Jean Carlos dos Santos and the two other inmates used bed sheets tied together to climb down from a window and escape through a rubbish dumping ground next to the prison on the outskirts of Rio de Janeiro. Hours later, the Rio state authorities suspended all family visits and transferred to a high-security penitentiary 18 prisoners linked to his criminal organization. Jean dos Santos was serving a long sentence for drug trafficking offenses. He had also been convicted of killing his own lawyer, who had failed to persuade a judge to release two fellow gang members in 2016. 
An airstrike has destroyed a convoy of trucks in eastern Syria, close to the Iraqi border. Unconfirmed reports said the vehicles were carrying Iranian weapons when they were hit at Albu Kamal. There's no word on who was behind the attack. Israel has carried out numerous strikes, often against Iranian targets, since the civil war began in Syria over a decade ago. One of India's biggest companies has rejected allegations of accounting fraud and share price manipulation. In a 400-page rebuttal, the Adani Group described a report published last week by a US investment firm as a calculated attack on the whole of India. The BBC's Arunadeh Mukherjee says the report's publication was costly for the company's founder. The Adani Group lost nearly $50 billion in market value in two days of trading. Mr. Gautam Adani himself, who happens to be Asia's richest man, saw his personal wealth drop by nearly $20 billion. The Adani Group in this uh, rebuttal has also uh, questioned the timing of the Hindenburg report, saying it came out just two days before its share sale. And therefore, they've accused the group of having malified intentions, saying that the report was lacking in research and it was not independent either. A search is underway in Japan for two foreign skiers who were caught in an avalanche in the central Nagano region yesterday. They were among five people hit by the wall of snow while skiing off-piste near a popular mountain resort. Their three companions managed to escape. Now, this makes the proverbial needle in the haystack look easy. A search has been stepped up for a tiny but potentially deadly capsule of radioactive waste that's been lost somewhere along a 1,400-kilometre road in the outback of Western Australia. Officials fear it could have been picked up by another vehicle's tyres. The BBC's Rebecca Marston has the story. It would be a tough job finding anything along an outback road that long, but a capsule measuring six to eight millimetres, the size of a small coin, presents a monumental search challenge. It's been missing for about a fortnight, since some time on its journey between the 10th to the 16th of January, and already the sites where the journey began and ended have been searched. Efforts are underway to also check the sites where any stops were made. But the authorities are most concerned the capsule may have been transported into more dangerously close contact with the public. The casing contains a small quantity of radioactive cesium-137, a substance commonly used in mining. It can't be weaponised, but, as Western Australia's Chief Health Officer, Dr Andrew Robertson says, it is a dangerous amount. It does emit a reasonable amount of radiation. It's around receiving 10 x-rays in an hour. Just to put it in context, this is also the amount of radiation, natural radiation, we would receive in a year just by walking around. It is quite a large radiation dose. The danger is present anywhere within a metre of the object and the public has been warned to keep away if they see it. Anyone who does see it is asked to call the authorities and to seek urgent medical assistance if they think they have come into contact with it. To sports, where it'll be the Philadelphia Eagles battling the Kansas City Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl. The Chiefs edged out the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 in the AFC Championship game. Kicker Harrison Butker booted a game-winning 45-yard field goal with just three seconds left. It was a one-sided affair in the NFC title game in Philadelphia. The Eagles forced both of San Francisco's quarterbacks out of the game with injuries and scored four rushing touchdowns against the 49ers. The final score was 31-7. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts will be making his first trip to the Super Bowl. Man, we put a lot of work in and had this opportunity, you know put a lot of work in to have this opportunity and to be here and you know, it's a moment that we want to enjoy as a team 
um, reflecting on everything that we've been able to overcome to have this opportunity in front of us. You know, we want to take advantage of it. In English football, the holders Liverpool have been knocked out of the FA Cup in the fourth round. They lost 2-1 in their all-Premier League clash away to Brighton. The BBC's Alastair Bruce Ball reports from the Amex Stadium. Brighton are riding the crest of a wave at the moment and don't Liverpool know it. Beaten at the Amex Stadium for the second time in the matter of just over two weeks. Karu Mitoma's wonderful winner clinching it in added time. He showed fabulous touch and composure inside a packed penalty area before providing an exquisite finish. He gave Trent Alexander-Arnold another torrid afternoon. So much so the England man was replaced by James Milner in the second half. But Liverpool did get their noses in front in this game. Harvey Elliott's goal then cancelled out by Lewis Dunk diverting Tarek Lamptey's fierce drive to wrongfoot Allison. Fabinho might have seen a red card for a crude lunge on Evan Ferguson late on as Liverpool suffered a ninth defeat of this troublesome season. The holders are out of the FA Cup and no one will want Brighton in the fifth round draw. Brighton manager Roberto De Zerbi said it was a good win for his side but there's always room for improvement. We are happy. Mm, sincerely I think uh, we didn't play the, the best game uh, with me on the bench. We can play better, for sure, in terms of quality of play. Uh, we made a lot, too many mistakes in the passes, in the, in the, in the simple things, no, on the pitch. But uh, the opponent today is very, very, very good, very strong. For Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, it was their second defeat at Brighton in just two weeks. The previous time they lost three 0 in a Premier League clash. Last time they played with us, around us, through us. So this time they were the most dangerous situations they had from set pieces. And when we gave the ball away, too simple in the first half, that was a little bit of a problem. But um, apart from that, and yes, second half, of course, you, when you can bring on energy and you try that, that's what we tried. Um, there were the moments we were around the box, but we didn't finish the situations off clear enough. Elsewhere in the FA Cup, non-league side Wrexham earned a replay after drawing 3-3 at home to Sheffield United. And championship side Stoke City defeated fourth-tier Stevenage 3-1 to earn a place in today's fifth-round draw. In Spain's La Liga title race, second-place Real Madrid were held to a goalless draw at home by third-place Real Sociedad. That leaves Real five points behind leaders Barcelona. Fourth-place Atletico Madrid defeated Osasuna 1-0. In the Italian Serie A, Napoli have gone 13 points clear at the top after a 2-1 win over Roma. Lazio were in third after a 1-1 draw with Fiorentina. Sassuolo thrashed AC Milan 5-2 and Juventus lost 2-0 at home to mid-table Monza. Just enough time for a look at the weather forecast. It'll be fine and very dry with moderate east to northeasterly winds, which will be fresh later on. The outlook becoming cloudy with one or two rain patches and rising temperatures in the next few days. Currently, the observatory, it's 18 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 29%. And please be advised the red fire danger warning is currently in force. New sports and weather from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Walk the dinosaur. That's was not was here on Radio 3. One nineteen it is for a Monday afternoon. Yeehaw, it's 18 Celsius now, so you can discard the, the woolies and stuff for a little while until tomorrow morning anyway. Good to have you along. Last bit of today's brew. And in a bit, we're off to Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon, to catch up with Neil Runciman and see what's going on in their Year of the Cat. My love. My lover, 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 I'm in paradise whenever I'm with you. My mind, my mind, my, 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 my will it's a paradise whenever I'm with you. Ride on. Well, I will ride on down the road, I will find you, I will hold you, I'll be there. It's long, well, it's a mighty long road, but I'll find you, I will hold you and I'll be there. I know you heard it from those 